Don't expect those truths to be preached at you from the world, by the way. We think that one day the world's going to come around, but I'm still waiting. Amen. Well, we went to the Foursquare Northwest District Conference this week, and and it was good to uh, see everyone there. It was quite the gathering. Uh, as my boss said, we'll see if it was wise or not in about five days. That's a COVID joke, sorry. Was... But um, wow, it's been a tough season for pastors. And you guys have heard some of these stats. We have about 200 churches in our district, uh, Foursquare Northwest District. In a normal year, you'd have around six senior pastors transition uh, this year. So far, and the year's not even close to being over. They already have 27. Uh, just in our small district. And uh, just to hear their hearts. Actually, it was very encouraging to see some of the struggles that they're facing. And, and the struggles, by the way, aren't struggles out there somewhere. They're in their churches. It's with people that they love and have laid down their lives for and and, and that's where the struggle is. And it was just so encouraging to see so much grace in these pastors, so much determination in these pastors, just reminding themselves, my battle is not with flesh and blood. My battle is not with my congregation. My battle is not with that man or that woman who sent me that email or that text. That There's a real enemy out there who hates us and wants to steal, kill, and destroy. My, my passion is not to battle with my brother or my sister, my my passion is to love them, to show them grace. I was just so encouraged by the way these pastors who you see the exhaustion, you see the brokenness and the hurt, and yet there they are, still in the game, still going forward. And I was just so thankful to be there. It was a real gift. I'll never forget this week. But I also, uh, in saying all that, want to thank you, LifeSpring Foursquare. Again, just thank you for who you are. So many of you that do disagree with me. I mean, you, you disagree with me on a lot of very real and serious issues, and yet the ability you've had to stay in the game, the ability you've had to extend grace, to, to love me, to um, even allow me to be your shepherd and your pastor, thank you very much. That takes a lot of effort. I get that, because I'm stubborn. But praise the Lord for you. Praise the Lord for LifeSpring Foursquare Church. Thank you. Thank you so very much. You know, with all the various thoughts and opinions on current issues, it's been important to me as your pastor or as your shepherd to, I don't know, you could say protect this house, right? Protect this space, that this would be a real place for real people to meet a real God. Real people. By the way, that means people that vote for Trump, but also people that vote for Biden, or vote for the Green Party or Libertarian, wherever you are politically. This would be a safe place for people, real people, to meet a real God. For your passions, if your passion is racial equality, if your passion is the rights of the unborn child, or maybe the hardships of this pandemic have stolen all of your passion. Maybe there isn't even any passion left regardless I've been working my tail off, and so is my team, to make sure this is a place, a safe place for people of all passions, of all walks of life, to meet with God. And again, that includes people that have different thoughts and opinions than you. Again, I'm extremely proud of my staff and all the volunteers who've made that a reality here at LifeSpring. The leadership here at LifeSpring is passionate. They are a tad bit crazy. But they are passionate and committed to making sure everyone in this larger community has their opportunity to meet with Jesus. I heard this scripture earlier this week, and it really hit my heart. Listen to this. It's from 1 Corinthians. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Now, in other parts of this letter, he talks about you individually being the temple, that the temple of God is in you. But right here he's talking about us collectively, that we are the temple. So listen to what he says. You yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. 
If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. I want to say that again. If anyone destroys God's temple, where His people gather in His name, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. I want to say that again. God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. Church, LifeSpring is sacred. When we gather what we've been doing today, it's sacred. The various things we do at this church, the programs, the events, the gatherings, they are all sacred. By the way, I believe in the things we're doing here. They aren't just programs for me. This is what life at LifeSpring looks like. This is life at LifeSpring. I've been here for 11 years. Over those 11 years, for this past decade, the things, the life of LifeSpring, it has transformed me into the man of God that I am today. It wasn't in spite of LifeSpring. It was through the work of LifeSpring Foursquare Church. The programs that we offer here at the church, they have allowed me not to just survive, but to thrive. Hallelujah and amen. I don't have time to list them all, but I just want to list a few for you today. The daily reading plan that we do here at the church. I don't know. We're, I've lost count. We're at year six or year seven of me not missing a day in the Bible. Reading it every day. And I've grown so much in that daily reading plan. Guess what? On December 31st, when we're done, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start all over again January 1st. And I'm going to do that till the day I die because the Word of God is so life-giving to me. And so fulfilling, it is that daily bread that we'll keep, keep that going again until I die. The daily reading plan. I was thinking about life groups. I'm in a life group right now and I've grown in community. Community's hard. People are hard. I'm hard. Have you met me? I mean, we're, we can be difficult and yet in a life group you learn how to live with another human being. By the way, someone who isn't exactly like you. John C. Maxwell says, if you and another person are exactly alike, one of you is not needed. Just this Thursday morning, I'm a busy man, so my life group is at 6 in the morning. But we do it on Zoom. And we did the Zoom. I was in Coeur d'Alene for the conference, and uh, I was in the lobby doing it with... Uh, uh, we had Kyla in that, and we had Marcy in there, and normally Braden's with us, but uh, he, he forgot. That's okay, Braden. I'm not calling you out. Just Well, maybe I am. <laughs> but we laughed together. But Thursday, if I'm being really honest, I won't go into the details, we cried together we did community life together i'm being trained and equipped in our next level classes next level classes amazing i was thinking about this year in in during covid uh my dad cliff burst taught how wonderful is that that my father a wealth of knowledge poured out his life two sundays in a row to teach us pete wilmot kathy haggard david messinger marcy mayer rich taylor the list is long of incredible teachers, not in the previous season or in the next season, but in this season have trained me up to make me strong in the Lord, to make me an effective disciple making disciples. Again, this isn't just an optional way for me. Like This isn't just a program. This is my life. Life at LifeSpring is my life. It's not just something that I tag on to my life. It's not some compartment of my life. What happens here is my life. And what I've seen over COVID this season is there are more people right now radically being transformed and changed by life at LifeSpring through the power of Jesus and His blood than ever before in the history of LifeSpring. That is happening right now. I have more people right now just saying, Dan, what do you need? How can I help? How can I serve? I have people retiring saying, I'm all in. I have people coming here from other churches like, put me to work, send me. I, I have people who are on fire for Jesus, not in the last season or in the next season, but this season. Jesus is doing a work in and through you, through life at life spring. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm so committed to this. I'm all in, baby. I, I'm not going anywhere. I, I just feel it within my bones. I am established and I am rooted and I'm ready to see the enemy be defeated in the name of Jesus. And I want more people. I don't know about you. I want more. I want more people to hear the good news of Jesus. I want more people to taste and see that he's good. So we want to open the doors wide. 
We want to open them wide for people to hear and to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to create a safe place and a safe, uh, an actual sanctuary for people, regardless of race or gender or political party, a safe place for people, real people to ask questions about God. And here's the deal. I promise you, you know this is true. I know this is true. If they are truly seeking after God, they're going to find him. Aren't you excited about that? That if they come to a place like this, right? If they walk through those doors, they're going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. If they seek after God, they will find him. I'm so pumped about what we're doing. I've talked to you about Alpha. and, And Alpha is one of those programs where I just have a passion that Alpha is going to bring people to an opportunity, a safe opportunity to learn more about God. Maybe they have some questions and maybe they've been typing on YouTube or, or they've been Googling like who is God or who is Jesus. And we're creating an intentional and safe space for them to ask those questions in a loving, godly community. I want you to watch this video and then I'm going to talk a little bit more. Things that are meaningful to us, that entertain, inspire, or challenge us. We share moments, good or bad, big or small. Because what we share matters. We have the chance to share something incredible, the hope that has transformed our lives. And today, more than ever, people are searching for hope for connection, for meaning. The life we've experienced in Jesus is available to our friends and neighbors, and it's easier to share than we might think. Over the next few weeks, we are running Alpha, an opportunity to share Jesus with friends, family, and colleagues in person or online. Each week, we'll connect with each other, watch a short video, and have time to discuss our thoughts and questions without needing to have all the answers. All it takes is a simple invitation. Share life, faith, hope, Jesus. Who will you invite? So if you have these uh, flyers, I'd love you to pull them out. You'll see it says 21 Day Prayer Campaign, 11-2. What that is, is that's the Lord's Prayer. That's when He says, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want God's kingdom to fill this space that is known as the Pacific Northwest. And we want everyone in the Seattle area to hear about a God who is passionate for them and wants to have a relationship with them. And we're 16 days away from our current Alpha that we're going to start. It's going to be an 11-week series. But we have a wonderful group of people that are already committed to praying for Alpha. But... I feel it strongly on my heart that we need every one of us committed to praying for Alpha. That this needs to be a church thing. Again, this isn't just some side program or some side thing. That this is who we are. This is life at LifeSpring. That it would be a safe place for real people to ask real questions about a real God. And so, would you look this through? If you open it up, you'll notice there's a space there. There's three spaces, actually. And it's an opportunity to write down the names of three people you would like to explore faith. It also gives you some other instructions on an alarm that you can set at 11.02 to be reminded daily to pray for them. Again, we have 16 days until this all happens. And I'm praying. I I have already invited two people to come that do not currently uh, have a relationship with Jesus as Lord and Savior. But they're searching. One of the men, uh, a wonderful man, He's not able to come on the Tuesday night at 6 p.m. when we're doing the Alpha, but he and I are going to do our own little one-on-one Alpha. Uh, He is excited to learn about God. I have another gentleman just yesterday. I invited him to church, and he said, well, I work on Sunday mornings. But I said, well, it's a super fun place to be. And he said, well, I'm going to see and talk to my boss and see if he'll allow me to come in to work a little bit later so I can come to church. There are people right now that are hungry for God. They don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. But they are hungry for a relationship with God. And so no fear. And and be bold in your love and your passion for the lost. And would you write down their names and pray for them over the 
16 days. By the way, the worst they can do is just say no. And that's okay. There's a lot of no's happening these days. It's, it's okay. I'd rather have them say no about something that could change their life forever than some of the things that we're asking people to say no about these days. So let's pray. I believe these are powerful. I believe these are sacred. I believe this is not just another program, but this is an opportunity for real people to meet with a real God who loves them. So would you bow your heads and pray? Lord Jesus, you are so good. You've radically changed my life. I was reminded this week how important it is for me to tell my own story of radical change and deliverance. And yet, God, sometimes we just get caught up in this whole religious thing that we call it Christianity, but even that name is so tainted these days. But more than anything, what we know we have is a relationship. We have a relationship. We have a relationship with the One who made us. That we have been saved of all of our sins, forgiven because of a Son of God who died on the cross to make a way for the forgiveness of sins. And we have a way forward for resurrection, true resurrection and eternal life with You, God. What a gift You've given each one of us. We want to share that gift with others today. We want to share that gift with others today. So even as I'm praying, Lord, we're Pentecostals. We believe that Your Spirit is alive and moving. Even as I'm praying, Lord, would You begin to quicken our hearts, quicken our minds to names. Prophetically moved by Your Spirit, Lord, would You give us names right now that we could write down. People that You love, that You're pursuing, that You're chasing as the hound of heaven. You're saying, He's mine. She's mine. Not today, enemy. Not today, devil. He's mine. She's mine. Lord, would You just begin to give us those names. And would you give us the boldness and the courage to invite these people to be a part of Alpha. That there would be 11 weeks on a Tuesday night at 6 p.m. online over Zoom. There would be this radical, beautiful time, a safe space to ask real questions about you, God. We thank you for that, God. A place not of judgment, a place not of scorn and ridicule and mockery and divisiveness, but a place of real community where we can encourage and love, and laugh. All in your presence, Lord. Would you show us what it looks like to be brave today for the right things, for the right cause, for the right reason, which is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. At this time, we have a real gift. Um, She has been a pastor for decades down in Arizona along with her husband, Rich Taylor. Um, we still don't know how they found Edgewood. It's a great mystery uh, that they even made it here. And yet they have called LifeSpring home for about a year now, and we expect them to be here for the next 50 or 60 years, God willing. Uh, Would you please welcome Pastor Maggie Taylor to the stage. It's just a reminder of what we know and who we know. Um, 
So much has gone on since um, COVID started, and it's like, what, COVID isn't enough to deal with? Then we have our own personal problems, we have our own personal illness, we have our own personal financial problems, and then, oh yeah, let's make this worldwide, and then, oh yeah, just add a little bit more, let's add civil unrest, and then, oh yeah, let's add some heartbreak within the social justice area of life. It has been one on top of another, but we have all had trials before. This is a worldwide trial, and I think that's why it's been so easy for us to get distracted from um, the main issues at hand. Um, The main issue at hand is that if we are Christ followers, at some point in our life, a specific moment or a specific, specific season, We have said that we are going to follow Jesus. We have admitted that we were sinners. We have admitted that we were in need of a Savior. And we look to Jesus and all of his promises and all of the things he said. We were 51% convinced that it was real and we got saved. We started our faith journey. We know how to trust the Lord. I swear, I have been through a lot. You have been through a lot. Over my lifetime, I have been through a lot. But it seemed like the biggest leap I ever had to make was let go into my own security and trusting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Once you do that, you know how to trust the Lord. You know how to trust the Lord through cancer. You know how to trust the Lord when you've lost your house. You know how to trust the Lord for your kids. We know how to do it, but we have gotten so distracted by all the flash and the bombs and the explosions going off. And I just felt like today, I'm just going to remind you about what you already know. Um, one of the scriptures that I loved, and oh man, I loved all that we were singing about the promises of God. The promises of God say, oh boy, I did not come from great mental health in my family, either side. Charming, loving, but wackadoodle. Seriously. If I had a month, I could enumerate all the ways my family was crazy. And they taught me everything they knew about being fearful. My grandmother, who I would spend the night with, oh my goodness, this woman was gorgeous and sophisticated and elegant. But when this six-year-old would be with grandma at night, I would help her and I would go into into the kitchen and open the drawer and get all the out all the pot lids what you ask yourself was I doing with pot lids at night well grandma taught me that it was important to go hang a pot lid on the door handle and then you'd hang another one and then you'd hang another one so when they broke in you'd hear it (laughs) yes oh my gosh is right and not only would we hear it, then she would be able to pick up the hammer. I'm talking about a woman that was silver white hair with a bun and wore Chanel suits. This is who I'm talking about. But then she would pick up the hammer that she had laid on the coffee table because she never slept in her own room because she might be trapped back there. So she slept out on this big pink couch she had, and at night... I knew that Grandma put her hammer by the side of the table. What, pray tell, was the hammer for? Well, perhaps if she had enough time, it was to beat off them, they, he, that had broken into the house. And short of that, she could throw it through the big plate glass window and then scream for help. This is what formed me. This is what gave me my worldview. I have learned everything I need to know about fear, anxiety, and worry from loving people. And what they didn't teach me, 
The enemy, my soul, taught me. So, um, I came across this scripture. I laughed the first time I heard it. It's Proverbs 3.25. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. What? Do not be afraid of sudden fear. It was so pixelated, I have always remembered that and always loved it. But once I stopped laughing, I also started realizing that there was such depth and truth to this very thing, that there are sudden fears that come upon us. Um, Psalm Psalm 112.7 says, He shall have no fear of bad news because his heart is fixed, trusted in the Lord. Dear ones, that's who we are. Our hearts are fixed. Our hearts are trusted in the Lord. But we have gotten distracted and we have been listening to wrong things all of the time. Um, Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? I love this because somehow... Many times, because I'm distracted, I mistakenly hear what the Lord is saying. I mistake it as an option. I mistakenly think he is suggesting that I don't be afraid. Now, I personally know what I always meant when I commanded our children. There was never a doubt in my mind what I meant when I commanded my children. And when I commanded our children, it wasn't to exert myself as queen. It was to protect them. It was always to protect them. And behind the voice of every command of God is his love and his desire to protect you from yourself, from running with sharp scissors, from unforgiveness, When he tells us to forgive, because he knows it's like we're running around with the scissors pointing up. And if we go long enough without forgiveness, we're going to fall on that and we're going to hurt ourselves. So have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. These aren't just idle, impossible things, because we understand and know as soon as we agree with this, his power comes. I love the word of God. I love his promises because they are living. They are active. They're not, it's not like memorizing a poem when we memorize scripture. We are taking a living, breathing, viable thing into our minds and our hearts to adjust the way we think. It confronts us. I don't know how many times there has been a word that has come. It has been a mirror to me. And I've looked in the mirror and I think I'm not reflecting that. He commands us to love us. Out of his love, he commands us. So be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. COVID, he's there. Civil unrest, he's here. He's here. Whatever we're going through, he is here. That's why we can be courageous. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The Lord gave me a gift. In many ways, I, not only did he save my soul, but he saved me by partnering me with this man. This man has led me and guided me and helped me so much to understand. And I feel like I can do anything when Rich is with me. Oh, the whole time we were sitting up here, he was patting my shoulder. He was patting my knee. He was just letting me know this is going to be okay. You're going to be great. You're going to do good. Oh, man, I crave that. Well, how much more does our Heavenly Father comfort and touch and pat and just cheer us along? So when he's commanding you, it's with a baby doll. I'm commanding you. It's the same sort of command that a a corner man would give to his boxer. Keep your right up. Do not drop your right. 
It's a command to help us. So have I not commanded you? Yes. Emmanuel, God with us. I sing that song all the time to myself. God with me. Holy cow. God with me. Well, he makes himself so strong and makes himself so present. And he wants us to agree with his scriptures. Oh my gosh, singing about his faithfulness and his promises. In our first church, I learned a discipline from my husband. He modeled to me for two years getting scripture promises, writing them on three by five cards, and then he would go for a walk. Now, our first church, we had 18 people. It doesn't take a lot of time to pastor 18 people. We had a lot of time on our hands, and Rich used that time to start memorizing the word. He would go out to a mission that was nearby, La Parisima, with his cards, and he would walk, and he would memorize, and he would praise the Lord, and he would cry over the reality of these scriptures. He did this for at least two years, and the whole time I was thinking, I'm so proud of him. Look what he's doing. That is awesome. Now, mind you, I didn't want to do it, but I was so proud that he was doing it. But somewhere along the line, it was really, it it came at a point of real need in my life. I thought, huh, I wonder if there's any value in this. And I started memorizing scripture. Rich has memorized probably six to seven hundred scriptures, and he has modeled that in my life. And between Rich, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God, I am who I am by the grace of God. I am not my wackadoodle family. This is what I come from, this is my history. My aunt committed suicide. My dad committed suicide. I've got some DNA that is bad, 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 scary bad. I am who I am by the grace of God. I have been transformed by his word. Now, there, um, we have a thief. And I have never heard a more clear purpose statement in my life. Um, I've been working with some, some women, and they are writing their life statements, discovering their purpose statements. And I thought, wow, this is so clear, and this is a fabulous purpose statement. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. How clear is that? Do we have any doubt about what the enemy of our soul wants to do? That's his purpose. It's a brilliantly expressed purpose. Of course, Jesus says, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. There's always contrast. There's always the opposites in every situation that we go through. Um, You know, Rich um, has had, over time, three different kinds of billows. Kind of billows that, you know, will ignite a flame. Well, the enemy of our soul is a perfect billow in our life. And he comes with a puff, with a suggestion, with a, a sudden fear He has come to rob, steal, and kill everything that God has put into us. And the trouble is, so many of the times, we absolutely agree with him. And I want you to think about how often you agree with the enemy of your soul. Most of the time, we don't even realize we're doing it. Oh, man. I just heard someone... It was yesterday. She told me, I don't know if that marriage is going to survive. This was a believer. And I thought, do not say that. 
that is in total agreement with what the what the enemy of these kids there that's exactly what he wants to bring them to how about the agreements that you've made in your life unwittingly how about the agreements about your your body how about how about the agreement you've made this is my body i can do what i want with it and yet jesus commands us to stay pure why because he's protecting us but no we agree no Think about the agreements that you've made and that you have and how you have allowed the enemy to fan your fears and anger with a whisper. Oh, my gosh. We all know people. We do not even want to mention the word election because we know they from zero to 60 are going to be inflamed outraged, offended, opinionated in, in, about what's going on. Now, is God or is God not the one that establishes rulers and places kings? I don't get how we vote and he places, but that's what happens. Yes, you can have all the opinions you want up until the time You feel those billows working up until the time it enrages you, up until the time you cross the line into unkindness, up until the time you become incivil like everybody else. You can do what up until that point when you begin to agree with what the enemy has said. Um, His assessment of a person, what a jerk. How many of us have all thought, what a jerk? Or someone will say, that guy is such a jerk. And we think, we either say, right, or we think, no kidding. Well, whoever the jerk is, either is not a Christ follower, and why in the world are we trying to legislate who's not a Christ follower to act like Christ, How come we just don't have grace and understand and know where they are and what they need? Or he's a Christ follower. And yes, he might be a jerk, but he's believing some he's believing some agreements. We don't need to know he is not a jerk. He is a child of God. He is a sinner saved by grace. He is a man in need. She's a woman in need. We don't get to go there. God is telling us he is commanding us. To believe in what he says and live by what he says, not agree with the enemy of our souls. Um, We douse what the enemy is saying when we are inflamed. And uh, sorry, I don't have this slide. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, this is how we douse. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Ooh, that gives me chills every time I read it. This is what we do. We demolish the arguments and everything the enemy of our soul says that sets himself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We agree with who Christ says we are. We do not agree with who the enemy says we are. Part of my miraculous I am who I am by the grace of God. Oh my gosh. To say I hated myself and was self-conscious and would walk a mile out of the way so I didn't have to walk in front of someone is just a minor understatement that doesn't even begin to describe who I thought I was. Oh, it was bad, bad, bad. What happened? How did I come out of that? Started memorizing scripture and he began transforming me. And if you get the sequence of this, I didn't start transforming, uh, memorizing scripture until we were pastoring. 
I didn't start this practice when I was saved. I had fire insurance when I got saved, and that was it. Not an ounce of teaching. I remember Rich asked me, this, he was not saved. Um, he asked me about the gospel. He asked me how I got saved. Well, I had this great feeling. Well, that's wonderful, but that's not cutting it for me. How did you get saved? What he was looking for was from me was Romans 10, 9, and 10. He was looking for John three sixteen from me. I didn't have it. I had nothing. Um, darn it if I know where I was going for that, but not to worry. We take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Moving on. Dear ones, memorize scripture. Get three by five cards. Write it down. You want to anchor your heart. You want to anchor your life. You want to be transformed. You're having trouble. How do you, how do you not hate someone? Oh, you get a word. You, all you need is one promise. And you anchor it. And you memorize it. And you meditate on it. And you get every word. And you think about it. And it begins to work into you. And it changes you. Because it's living. And it's active. Um, in Psalm 119.114. The psalmist says. You. Meaning oh dear God. You are my refuge. Your word is my source of hope. Boy, howdy. Isn't that the truth? Now, trust is something in my life has often felt like I was on a tightrope. Trusting the Lord through cancer for me was very much like I was on a tightrope. And I had that big, long thing that balances you. And you watch those guys up there. just kind of, whoa. And some of them might be for theatrics. Yeah. It wasn't the, theatrics at me. There were times I felt like I was going to fall. And yet I knew God said, you will not fall, even though you feel like your foot is slipping, for I will catch you. But it kind of felt like that. But then I had to remind myself, wait a minute, I did get saved, and it wasn't even of me, it was God. It was God, really, who made himself known so that I would open my heart and receive him. So obviously it's going to be God who's going to make himself known to me through all that was I was going to be facing. And I, I don't say this... Uh, I don't say this lightly, but it's been 11 years since I've had cancer, and it was worth it. It was worth it. Everything I went through, all the pain, the fear, the whole shamoli, worth it, Randy, for the presence of God. For the presence of God, for him making himself known to me in ways I hadn't known him previously, it was worth it. And that's our promise. That's our hope. That's our encouragement. That's what you have waiting for you, whatever this is. You know what? I sailed through cancer, but COVID just about torpedoed me. Go figure. Don't I sound like the rock at Gibraltar? Oh, that Maggie. Oh, my gosh. That is a woman of God who knows how to stand on the purposes and promises of God. Well, yeah, sometimes. That's why I say, I, I said to Rich, I can't believe this. COVID is harder for me than breast cancer was. I don't know why, but boy, I had to be more diligent to get a hold of that trust. And I had to stop thinking, I want to do it the way I did it with breast cancer. Because trust, we have the principles. It's not theoretical. We have to practice trust repeatedly. But it's crazy how every situation requires a different level of trust. And where COVID, Rich has had fun during COVID. Can you believe that? If you knew him, you'd believe this. He keeps saying, COVID has been very good to us. 
Well, it's true. It has in many ways. But I just felt like basically you step outside and you are going to die. You get with anybody and you are going to die. You go to the store and you are going to die. And it wasn't just me. It was being enforced by the media, by the Surgeon General, by World... I had to get a grip. And I got a grip one morning. This was weeks into it. I was diligent. I kept doing what I knew was right to do, waiting for something to stick, to turn the key. And this one morning... It was this one particular scripture, boom, anchored me, established me. So this is why we memorize scripture and pursue it. Um, Trusting the Lord is never one and done, and sometimes we feel like we're in a little bit of a fog. But God knows who we are. God knows where we are. God knows what he's doing in your life. You know, uh, cancer, oh boy, did I learn a boatload. Wonderful things that have established me. But it wasn't just about me. Guess who else was learning new things about trusting the Lord by watching me? It was Rich and our two kids and all of our friends. And all the other women of my age group were watching me because, yikes, and how about our church? We go through things, and it's a collective goodness that can come out of it. We are all in COVID, and there is to be a collective good thing. Um, this alpha that's coming up, we, we better be the ones that have a grip. We better be the ones that understand that there is a hope in COVID. And we better be working towards that. And if it's not COVID, whatever else is torpedoing you, whatever else that you, um, whatever else agreement you have made with the enemy, recognize it and get out of it. Because you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to have that in the, that you just have to have the Holy Spirit in your life. And the crazy thing is, we don't always understand this, if, the whole, if we're filled with the, the Spirit of God, He just oozes. He oozes in ways we don't understand. We just think we had a great time with God. We're so thankful. And then as we begin to go through the marketplace, we just don't understand the spiritual dynamic of oozing. People see. People notice. Just by virtue of you not swearing, people think, what's up with that guy? Why is he not doing that? That's weird. They might think it's weird, but they notice. So be filled with the Spirit. Have a song in your heart, a thanksgiving attitude, and a submitted spirit. Now, last week, and I'm sorry, I don't know who this was, But last week, someone gave a message, and it was about opening the door. Revelation 3.20, this is the voice version. It says, this is God saying, and this first thing he says is, now pay attention. I am standing at the door knocking This means God has come to us. I'm standing at the door and knocking. We do seek God, but he he makes himself known before we even begin to seek him. He somehow makes himself known to us that we would even begin to have a hunger for a life that's different than the one we're we're living. I'm standing at the door knocking, and if any of you, any of you, any of you, if any of you good ones, and if any of you bad ones, if any of you hear my voice, what's his, if any of you hear my voice and open the door, then I will come in. 
open the door. We don't save ourselves. We don't give ourselves trust. We don't give ourselves peace. But we go to the peacemaker. We go to the forgiver. We go and he does. And in this case, he's telling us, I've come to you. And when he knocks at the door, it's not a, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to open that door or not. It honestly really is more of a, He's come to the door as our lover. He's come to the door as he calls himself our friend. What a hoot. God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the one that created, the one that parted the Red Sea, calls us a friend. Astounding. But he comes to us not as a foe. He comes to us as an enemy. I like to think of him whistling. (laughs) Open the door. Who doesn't want to open the door to that? Open the door. And he says, I will come in and visit with you there again. This is suggesting that his presence with us is gentle and kind. This is suggesting he is there to bring good things to us. He's not there to raid. He's not there to kill or pillage or destroy. And he says, and I will come in and visit with you to share a meal at your table. Not his table. He's coming to where we are now. And you will be with me. I'm coming to you. And I love this. You will be with me. Sweet guy, you will be with me. Sweet girl, you will be with me. Now this morning, what do you suppose the Lord is saying to you? Holy Spirit's been busy. He has been resurrecting memories He's been resurrecting things you already know. He has been at work because that's his promise. The Lord's always told me he would inspire me. And that's the end of my job because it's his job to open your heart and take your heart where he wants it to go. What is he coming in to say to you today? Again today, he has knocked at the door, and he's coming in, and he has something to say, something to visit that's going to bring you life. And I want to take just a few minutes as the worship team plays. Would you take just a few minutes where you are And just ask the Lord, what is it that you want to say to me today? What do you want to remind me of today? And just respond to him. You might want to stand. You might want to kneel. You might want to sit right where you're comfortable. But I want you to mentally reach out, twist the handle, and open the door that he will come in.